Good day, all. Welcome to a new episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want you to remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Hi, everyone. Praise God for another day and another opportunity to share his living word. I want to welcome and thank my new listeners for tuning in. And as always, my faithful and consistent followers who yearn for the truth every day. Welcome. Now, I will be teaching from the New King James Version during this series. Okay, during this particular episode. Now, I will also share some scriptures Uh, with you from other versions of the Bible. And when I do that, I will indicate otherwise and what version I am using. Now, I may not change. I may stick with the New King James Version during this entire episode. However, in any event, I will tell you and let you know. Now, we have reached part six of a now seven part series. Yes, yes, I know. We started off with nine, then we went to eight, eight episodes. Now it's seven. So I shortened the series to seven by eliminating some excessive notes. Okay, I study a lot. I listen to a lot. I write a lot. So I went over my notes and I said, hey, I don't need to share this, 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 this over here will cover this. So we are good. Now, for those of you who don't know, the title of this series is the uncut truth about the gospel of Jesus the Christ. This particular episode, episode six, is entitled Being Complete in Christ. And I am going to talk about what it means to be complete in Christ during this episode. Now, I will be reading a lot of scripture as usual. So for the sake of time, I will share the scripture and read the scripture. You can pause the podcast and resume when you find the scripture that we are looking for, okay? I will also call out scripture I want you to write down and study later. So with that said, let's go to our foundational scripture. Turn to your Bibles in Colossians chapter 2 and verses 8 through 10. And I am reading, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now that's a powerful scripture. Now Paul was in a Roman prison when he wrote this letter to the new church in Colossae, a church he set up. Now, Paul heard about false teachers entering the church, trying to implement their traditions and philosophies. They were telling the saints to turn back to the law that they themselves could not keep. Okay, Paul reminded them that Christ kept the laws so that they did not have to. And neither do we. Now, I want you to read Hebrews 8.13. Write that down so you can study later. Okay. The laws God gave Moses to give to the children of Israel 
were, ve- were, were, were never written for us, we, the Gentiles. Okay, I don't know why this is so difficult for Gentiles to accept. I don't get it. Paul wrote this letter to warn the church in Colossae about, about these false teachers and false brethren that had entered the church to try to convince these new born again Christians that they would be better off following their traditions and philosophies and empty deceit rather than after Christ. But Paul knew better. He told them not to listen to their traditions or their philosophies because they are complete in Christ. Meaning what Christ did on the cross. Paul said, if they exclude Jesus, don't follow them. Oh no. Don't you follow anyone who is trying to exclude Jesus. Now, Paul was trying to tell the church, the body of Christ, that's us, that we don't need anything else to be reconciled to God outside of Christ. Now, in Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 18, I am going to be reading. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, increasing in the knowledge of God, not the knowledge of man. Okay. Verse 11, strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the father who is God, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him, that him is Jesus, and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. Not the pastor, the pastor, not the head of the church. He is not the head of the church. The pastor is supposed to feed the sheep. Okay. The word of God, not his traditions, not his philosophies. Jesus Christ is the head of the body, the church, meaning every Christian. Okay. I want to make that clear. And finally, verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. And oh, just in case I did not read verse 17, because the Holy Spirit wanted me to clarify that. Let me read verse 17 and 18 again. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Now, preeminence surpasses all others. Okay. Buddha, Mohammed, 
Gandhi, and whoever else claimed to be divine and speaking on behalf of God. Jesus supersedes all of them. And let me add this. None of the names I just mentioned are in the Holy Bible. Did you know that? However, Jesus is mentioned in the Quran and the Hadith, the two books that Muslims swear by. Okay. Now, if the Bible was written 600 years before the Quran, how did Jesus get in their book? But the written truth about him is not. Also, none of the names I just mentioned performed any miracles before the people they were falsely leading. None. As a matter of fact, Mohammed stayed sick. And I don't want to make this about a false prophet, but Mohammed stayed sick. There is no recording in the Bible where Jesus was ever sick. But I can tell you thousands of recordings where Jesus healed the sick. I can tell you that we are complete in Christ and no one else. Okay. In no one else. We are only complete in Christ. Now the word redemption means sold for debt to buy back. We were bought back by Jesus. Now we were bought by the blood of Jesus and we are complete in him by his blood. Now, when Jesus said in John 3, 16, 18, let's go there. I wasn't going to read it, but I want to read it. I want you to go to John chapter three, verses 16 and 18. And I'm still reading from the new King James Bible. Jesus said, now this is the Lord Jesus talking for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a life that lasts forever. Okay. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. My, my. Jesus was saying that we are complete in him and we don't need anything else. I don't care what religion offers you. It will not and cannot offer you eternal life. Only Jesus can do that. Now in John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6. This is for those of you who don't know. The most important scripture in this Bible out of many, many, every scripture in the Bible is important, but this is the most important scripture. And what did I say? Go to John chapter 14 verses one through six. And I'm still reading from the new King James. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples before he was getting ready to go to glory. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions, meaning many residents. There are enough, there is enough room for us. Okay, that's what Jesus was talking about. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas, who is a black apostle, by the way, 
<laughs> I thought I'd slip that in there. Um, said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Now there is no confusion about what Jesus just said. Jesus just made it clear. The only way you can get to God is through him. You are complete in Christ. Now somebody is wrong and somebody is right. Whose report will you believe? As for me and my house, we choose to believe the Lord Jesus because I am complete in him. Okay. Now the apostle John says in first John two, one and two, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness or Jesus Christ, the righteous uh, verse two. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but for the whole world. Now, John wasn't talking about intentional sin and he was letting everyone know that what Jesus did on the cross is available to all men. And Jesus is letting you know in John three sixteen to 18, that if you confess that Jesus is Lord, you just have to believe in the only begotten son. You have to believe on what Jesus did on that cross in order for you to be born again and, and enter into the family of God. And what John was saying that, look, he ain't saying that you can be a successful serial killer. Okay. Accept Christ and you can do what you want. That's not what he's saying. He was saying, if you happen to sin and need a sacrifice, Jesus is the man. God is no longer accepting animal sacrifices. Jesus is the man and you can't keep nailing him to the cross. He died once and for all for the sins of the entire world. That's it. The sacrifice is Jesus. And if you don't go through the sacrifice of Jesus, you're on your own, buddy. You are on your own. There is no forgiveness of sin outside of the blood Christ shed on the cross. Now, when God sent his son to be the atonement for our sins, the ground was leveled. It was even to where all men could come to Christ and be reconciled to God. Not just the Jews, but for us, the Gentiles as well. Now, if you are outside of Christ, you will never be forgiven for your sins. The wages of sin is still death, but the gift of God through Christ is still eternal life. Therefore, if you are not in Christ, you are not saved from the wrath to come. You are protected only in Christ. Okay. If you try to add anything to God's salvation plan, you are not under his grace. You are under the law. The law kills, but grace saves. So I'm not sure why people are trying to strive to be under the law because the law kills. Okay. It is the blood of Jesus that saves. Now you can only receive grace through Christ. God showed mercy to the children of Israel on many occasions under the law. But you have to remember the law was temporary until the Messiah came. God had everything set on a timeline and he gave Moses the laws to give to the children of Israel so that it can be a schoolmaster until Christ came. Problem is by the time Christ came, that man had already implemented so many traditions and philosophies. They didn't even know the laws of Moses anymore because they couldn't keep it. Now, 
I want you to go to uh, John chapter 10 verses 27 through 28, where Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Never means never. Okay. Ever, ever, ever. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So if you in Christ can't know anybody come along with a new word and you just go ahead on and walk on out of Christ's hand and follow some, some new doctrine. No, you were never in Christ. If you if anybody is able to come to you with something they claim to be new and they are speaking on behalf of, of God, like Jim Jones did, like, like David Koresh did. Y'all remember that? Mm hmm. That ended in tragedy for women and innocent women and children who were looking for a savior. And that man led them to their their deaths. Not only that, he was molesting the children. So you have to be careful who you are following. OK, now, man can't take you from Christ. Contrary to what you have heard and, and what you might believe, man can't save you. And he doesn't have a hell to send you to nor a heaven to put you in regardless of what you hear stick with Jesus. It says it's as simple as that stick with Jesus. You have to know when Jesus is talking to you, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Now my brothers and sisters, man and his traditions may look and sound good. It may give you something to do something you can see and grasp, but tradition can't save you. Jesus does. Philosophy may sound good. You may say to yourself, oh, that makes so much sense because I have some um, some favorite philosophers. I do. But I know that philosophy can't save me and philosophy can't save you. Jesus does. Now, I don't care how many years pass by. The blood of Jesus will never grow old or cold. You are complete in Christ. I don't care what man tells you or shows you. You tell him or her. I'm sticking with Jesus because those that endure until the end shall be saved. And I want you to tell them I'm complete in Christ. Then send them to these three scriptures, Matthew 24, 13, Matthew 10, 22, and Mark 13, verse 13, and tell them to meditate on those scriptures for a few days. Okay. You got to be bold in the Lord. Now, moving on, don't let religion tell you what you can't eat. Or what you shouldn't eat. Okay. You can eat whatever you choose. You are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. And you are complete in him. Say your grace over your food and eat. Now the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You can find that written in Romans 14, 17. Okay. Now I want you to go to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter four, verses eight through 11, still reading from the new King James version. Okay. And I am reading, but then indeed, when you did not know God, you serve those which by nature are not gods. But now after you have known God or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage. Verse 10, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. Paul says, I'm afraid for you. 
did we share Christ to you in vain? We told you that you are complete in Christ. We told you that you no longer have to follow the Sabbath. You no longer have to watch certain meats. You can eat whatever you want. Did we mention Christ to you in vain? Did we tell you that you were saved through Christ and him alone in vain? That's what Paul was talking about. Now, I want you to go to Colossians um, chapter 2. And this is going to be a lot of reading. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through verses 23. I'm still reading from the New King James. Now... And then after that, we're going to do uh, second Corinthians, but I am reading. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come. Meaning that was behind you, you know, depending on where the sun is, you walk in your shadow is always behind you. That was in the past. We don't have to do that now. Okay. But the substance is of Christ. See, that's who it's all about. It's all about Jesus, not watching what you eat, not observing moons, new moons or Sabbaths. Verse 18, let no one cheat you or your of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head. The head is Christ, okay, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Verse 20, therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Verse 21, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. Oh, my Lord. Now, I'm telling you guys, you have to watch what man is telling you. A lot of these traditions, they are trying to associate with God or their traditions. It has nothing to do with God. And look, this is in your Bible. Verse 23, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. My, 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 my. Paul is saying this food and the observance of certain days, Good Friday, <laughs> You can't eat meat on Good Friday. You can only eat seafood. Well, I have to ask you, where's that scripture? Send me the scripture so I can read it. I may have missed it. It doesn't matter that I have studied the Bible from front to back, from the beginning to the end, Genesis to Revelation. It doesn't matter. I may have missed it because every time I read and study the Holy Bible, I find something new. Maybe I missed that. And we have people who are tying themselves to this. I mean, literally are not eating, but here's the thing. Let me let some of y'all off the hook. You can do it. You can choose not to eat meat on Fridays during, you know what I'm talking about, Lent. But don't equate it with God. That's where the problem coming at. That is what, what Paul was telling the, the, the uh, Colossians in Galatia. I'm sorry, uh, telling the Colossian Christians 
um, when he was in prison and he wrote this letter, he was saying, look, you are complete in Christ. You don't have to observe these days or stay away from certain meat on certain days. You don't have to do that. It has nothing to do with God. That's what Paul is saying. And that's what I'm telling you. Now go to second Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 12 and 15, new King James version. Okay. Now I am getting ready to read, but what I do, I will also continue to do that. I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be, to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Oh, yes. Paul wasn't biting his tongue here. We had false prophets. We had false apostles and false brethren who entered into the Corinthian church and was trying to implement their, tr their personal traditions and their own philosophies, telling people what they can do and what they shouldn't do and trying to lead them back to the laws of Moses in order to be saved. That's a no, no, because if you are not hinging on what Christ did on that cross for your salvation, you are not under grace. And we are saved by grace and not of works. And you guys need to understand that we are saved by grace, not of work. So you need to walk in the freedom that Christ died for you to have. You don't have to observe the Sabbath day or, or stay away from certain foods that perish after you eat it. You are free. Only do not use your freedom to sin. But if you so happen to fall, we have an advocate with the father. The father is God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is who our advocate is, who is the propitiation for our sins. Comfort one another with these words, people. Now, why on earth are people who are over 2000 years away from Christ, from, from Jesus and how and why are they going to tell you that you need to follow their traditions when the apostles who walked with Christ and who who suffered greatly with Christ and after Christ, Christ died for the sake of the gospel, because they died and, and, and suffered for the sake of the gospel. If they say you don't, who on earth can come out here 2000 years after and tell you we do? Unbelievable. This is in your Bible. Okay, stop having people lead you without having showing you a scripture. Everything that God wants us to know is written in scripture. He doesn't have nothing new to tell somebody. Uh-uh. He's not telling anyone to tell you something new. Oh, God is doing a new thing. No, he isn't. You just stumbled on this in the Bible. It's not new. It's been in the Bible for over 2,000 years. And we need to understand that. You are complete in what Christ did on the cross. It is finished. Christ made that statement after he received the sour wine. And bowing his head, he gave up the Holy Spirit. That's in John chapter 19, verse 30. What was finished? 
I have people that ask me, what was he talking about? What was finished? The Mosaic law was finished. Jesus kept the entire law, all 613 of them. So we don't have to. The children of Israel didn't have to keep them anymore, but they didn't believe he was the Messiah. Even know why? Because they were ignorant of the word of God. They didn't know what the prophet said. The prophets of old said about Jesus and what he was going to do and how you can recognize him because they didn't leave people without a witness now. They told John, the one who, who you dip in the water and the dove comes upon him from heaven and stays. That's the Messiah. And that is recorded. That's what happened when John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. God ain't leaving us without a, a, a witness. You, you, well, you have to be careful when you listen to people and they just saying anything to you. Christ finished his finished work on the cross, delivered those who believe in him from keeping the law. Okay. The laws of the land are good in its perspective. We get a driver's license before we drive. You know, we get a marriage license before we can get married. If you run a stop sign or a red light, you will be pulled over and you will be given a ticket. And if you don't have insurance nor a driver's license, you probably are going to jail. But keeping the law has nothing to do with your salvation. However, it will keep you out of jail. Now, the laws of Moses were given to the children of Israel and was never given to the Gentiles. We are Gentiles. Now, I taught a mini series entitled A New Covenant with Better Promises. If you want to learn more details about the laws God gave to Moses to give to the children of Israel and the new covenant, the Gentiles and, and, and um, Israel, Israelians are under right now. You go to any of my podcasts and, and search for a new covenant with better promises under learning Bible truth with Dr. Kamala D. Now the old covenant is a gone pecone and was never given to us. The old covenant was gone before we were even born. Unless someone can prove to me that they are over 2000 years old. I'll wait. I will wait. Now when the disciples told Jesus that his mother, brothers and sisters were looking for him, Jesus responded with this statement in Matthews 12 50 for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So if Jesus didn't give Mary special treatment, see, she had to be born again, again. Why is there a whole organization, a whole denomination, a whole cult built around Mary? I, I, I'll wait. No, you have to be careful what you are receiving. If Mary, if you are believing in Mary for your salvation, you are already doomed because there is no other name given among heaven by which we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus. Not Ma Mary is not even mentioned too much in the Bible. Why do you think Catholics, they, and it's not their fault, they are following what this organization created, follow a whole nother book they don't teach from the Bible. They will mention the, the, the laws of Moses. They talk about Moses. They may have Genesis in there. But when it gets down to the new covenant where the apostles wrote about Jesus and then uh, the book of Acts, which is the beginning of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, they leave all that out and they start implementing Mary. But that's not in the Bible. For those of you who don't know, that's not in the Bible. See, when God gave me the gift to read and uh, uh, the gift of discernment with that. Oh, there was no stopping me. I, I am a curious person. If you tell me something, I want to know more. I want to know where it originated from. Where did you get the information from? Is the information legit? 
Because see, the Bible was not written by a man. The Bible was not originally a book. See, that's the issue people, people don't really get. The Bible is written by prophets, prophets of old who wrote down history. Moses wrote Genesis and wrote the laws. And then Joshua uh, preceded Moses. And we, we have Daniel, we have Ezekiel. You know, we have um, um, Jonah. Look, it was all put in book form. And the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written by apostles who wrote down the, the traditions of Jesus, the oral, oral traditions of Jesus. And they put it in book form. The American translators put it in book form. But you have to watch them. Because if you have a racist person writing and then they see what they have been teaching and, and um, telling people um, this is the justific justification for racism and they find out it's not in the Bible, they'll change the wording. But you have to remember Greek and Hebrew, they don't talk like us. So if it's translated into English, it has to be translated with the Hebrew and Greek meanings in mind. And if you don't study Hebrew and Greek, you will miss it. And if you are not going to a church that is able to teach you these things, you will be following false teaching. So it's, it, it's very important that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It is because the Holy Spirit leads you in truth. It reveals to you who Jesus is and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the word of God, whether or not you are being kind. Because when I hear something that is not written in the word of God or, or is not associated with God, oh, my spirit turns. My spirit start turning and it will reject it automatically and then pull up the many scriptures that I study. And say, this is the truth right here, not what you just heard. But if you don't have the, the scriptures in you, the word of God in you that can protect you from false teaching, you are in a dangerous place. This is why, look, continue to follow learning Bible truth. I'm not going to teach or lead you falsely. Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they both would fall into a ditch. If you follow someone who is blind to the things of God, you're going to fall right with them. And I have a teaching coming up, uh, an episode coming up about what happened to the children of Israel when they chose to follow uh, Korah, um, who was a priest in the old days, rather than listen to Moses. All 250, 50, I think it's 250, yeah, all 250 of them died. Because they chose to follow a false teacher rather than follow the man of God. So you have to be careful. And you wonder why some people out here who claim to be Christians are, are dropping dead. Because they're following false teaching. It's a lot of other things that go, uh, that go with that. And I'm not going to go into that today because I want to save it for a teaching that I have coming up. But you have to be careful. You need to follow the truth. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this question. What is the will of God? John 640 tells, tells you what the will of God is. John 640 says, cause this is in reference to Jesus telling his disciples when they came to him in the synagogues, telling him that his mother, brother, and sister was looking for him. And, and Jesus said, who, <laughs> you know, the statement that Jesus made, he, he said, you know, those or whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my mother and my brother and my sister. So what is the will of God? Since you want to be the sister and brother 
of, of Jesus and the mother of Jesus. Cause if Mary wasn't born again, Jesus was saying, look, she not even saved. She's not saved. If she is not doing the will of my father. So John six forty tell tells us this, and this is the new King James version. And this is the will of him, meaning God who sent me Jesus, that everyone who sees the son Jesus and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day or at the last day. I say on the last day because it makes more sense. You got to remember, they don't talk like us. The Bible says at the last day, but I'm the correct English is on the last day. Now, Jesus was sent to earth for one reason, to save mankind from their sins. He was born of a virgin who was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. God did it this way because a sinner can't save a sinner. If God had allowed, had allowed Joseph to impregnate Mary, Jesus would have inherited Joseph's and Mary's sinful nature that every man received from Adam. This is why Jesus was tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. You can read Hebrew 4 and 15 because he had our flesh, our earthly flesh. But his spirit was 100% deity, 100% God. And you can't be tempted unless you want to do it. So what was tempting to Jesus was the flesh. You know, he didn't have a sinful nature. He had God's nature and a God conscience. This is why those in Christ must renew their minds with the word of God so we can become God conscious. Okay. Salvation didn't stop at the resurrection. We have a savior who will never leave or forsake us. He is a mother for the motherless. He is a father for the fatherless. He is a sister for the sisterless. He sticks closer than any brother. He is a healer when the doctor says we have no cure. He is a provider when you don't know where your next meal is coming from. He is a deliverer when you have an addiction. He is your protector from the wrath that is coming. Okay. And we'll see to it that you make it home every day. He is your comforter when you are feeling low. He may not come on your time, but he is always on time. Now walk in your freedom and be happy in the Lord because you are complete in him. Praise God. Praise God for that message. This is the end of part six, being complete in Christ. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, I know that my closing remarks tell you this, but you can um, receive my email address. I am open to all questions and comments. I love you. You are my sisters and brothers in Christ. Don't let no one deceive you. You are complete in him. You don't need to watch what you eat. You don't need to observe no certain days. You don't need to observe a Sabbath day. You don't need to observe the sun, the moon, and whatever else, whatever other crap man has come up with. You are complete in Christ. To everyone who hears this message, including those who profess to having accepted Christ, but don't possess his spirit, and to the non-believers who are chasing religion looking for God, tomorrow is not promised to you. Now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. There is no other way to get to God outside of Christ. There is no back door. I want you to read John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. 
All you have to do to secure your salvation in Christ is to say this simple prayer one time and mean it. Father God, I am a sinner in need of salvation. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And because I confessed and believe this in my heart, God, your word says I'm saved. Amen. If you said this simple prayer, my friends, you have just been saved by grace. Yes, it's just that simple. If you were sincere, you should feel a change in your heart right now. You now have free access to God. You are a saint, a believer, and most importantly, a child of the Most High God. I encourage you to join a faith-based teaching church. Continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth so you can grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Renew your mind with the Word of God so you can establish a relationship with Him. God wants you to enjoy life, laugh, love, forgive, and treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. Now stand by for my closing remarks. pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time, Remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.